You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the Guy Love Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. Like always, if this is your first time, we want to say welcome to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and that you hit that subscribe button so you could be notified every time we drop a new episode and you can come back and uh, week after week listen to our conversations, our episodes, and we just hope that you are blessed by each and every one of them. If you are a returning listener, we want to say welcome back and thank you for taking this journey with us and uh, we hope that today's conversation is no different than all the other episodes and we pray that they it encourages you and blesses you on this day we yeah. are officially in the month of may yeah crazy it just and flew by that's crazy mm-hmm. and um in just a few weeks mm-hmm. right um our baby, my our baby, my baby will be here. <laughs> Got to be specific nowadays, uh, right? My baby will be here, right? And um, today, I wanted to have a conversation with you because you are already a dad, two and times. you are a dad of right two. <laughs> and um, you know, I think it's it's always good to just hear. And although, like, I see it, mm. you know, I know you long enough and know you in that context to see like how you are as a dad, right? Mm. Um, but I think it's always good to just sit and have actual formal like conversations about it and talking about fatherhood or your experience as a dad and what it's like raising boys, right? Mm-hmm. As my baby is a boy. So um, I think it would be really good, right? To have that conversation. Are you down? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I jokingly said like two time dad, is that in the third or whatever? I mean, it's not a joke. It's legit. It's real. I got two kids. Um, but I am down for the conversation, um, but I can only speak from my experience yeah. and from like what we've been through and, you know, our processes in, you know, raising two boys uh, who eventually will become men. Um, so, you know, my opinion on things may differ from the opinions of other people. And what worked for me ne- may necessarily not work for everybody else as well. But, you know, whatever I can uh, help or give insight or just give an opinion on, I'm down for. Yeah. All right. So I <laughs> I'm guess nervous. I'm going to like interview you? you, right? Why? Okay. No. no, but I do have a question. Okay. Right? Because then I could, then I'll talk about like we'll my, go from there. yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> what were your, um, which you have to remember, I feel like, right? When you found out it was a boy, right? Like what was uh, the initial like reaction for you or like, with, was there a fear, a concern, mm-hmm. a worry, or was it just like, yeah, that's what I wanted. Yes, let's go. Um, okay. I think, excuse me. I think that it's, it's like, it's a little, it's tr- not tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if, I don't remember if I've told the story on the pod or if anybody remembers, um, but God had spoken to me actually first before my wife about um, our first child. Um, specifically, I had said it was going to be a boy. And um, actually, that word God spoke to me uh, maybe like a month after she was technically pregnant, but we had no idea mm. about it. Um, and so I had already gone into, once we found out, I was like, all right, if God said it's a boy, so then. I'm going to believe and trust it's a boy. Um, let's see if that lady was right. And let me just imagine. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, and I, we had a feeling. We had a feeling. And sometimes, you know, and I think you, you've 
you've shared with me uh you and your wife had the same feeling also about i think it's a boy i really have a feeling it's a boy um so that was very exciting once we received the confirmation i think that for me um my worries were just that i'm not a dude's dude like i'm not like you know what a typical guy like sports and you know like that rough tough type of a dude is um so my fear was um will i be able to do like all the like manly guy stuff um that i feel like is important for them to learn that i didn't pick up as a kid or weren't installed in me as a kid um and like that that was like my worry mm. my fear and my worry was that i'm not like a lumberjack dad i'm not a baseball head dad or like football coach type of a dad or whatever um not that those things are the only things that are important mm -hmm. uh for kids uh but you know in my mind i feel like in order to raise a well-rounded boy i needed to be able to tap into those areas along with all the artistic stuff that I, that are come easier to me so i think that that was one of i had a lot of fears but that was maybe mm -hmm. one of the fears i had yeah i am like you said i mean for me it was i had a feeling right mm -hmm. but at the same time the feeling was i think in part because we only had a boy name picked out that mm -hmm. we really wanted right yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that name and just, you know, um, everything about it. Right. So I think then when, you know, she got pregnant and we found out, I think I just immediately associated the baby with that name. Yeah. Right. So like I was calling the baby he the whole time, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but that at the same true. time being very open and willing, like, and happy that if it was a girl, like it's going to be a girl and that's going to be great. Right. Like we weren't really like hoping like, Oh, I hope it's a boy or I hope it's a girl. We were okay with whatever really God had for us. Um, but deep down inside, I think I was relating to that baby more as if it were a boy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And in my head, that's what it was. When I thought of the baby, when I thought of what the baby was going to look like, a boy was always coming to mind. And, um, you know, we did the blood test that, you know, you can do. And um, it's called like a sneak peek test. Mm -hmm. Right. And it said, you know, that it was boy. But there's, you know, always the chance yeah. that it's not 100 percent accurate. So we're yeah. like, OK, let's just wait till we get the official confirmation from the doctor and they do the whole anatomy scan and everything. And then, you know, obviously there it was like, yep, this is a boy. And it was like everything you know, that we had felt before, like it was just very, you know, we were at peace about it, happy. Um, for me, I was hoping because it was like, that's what I was envisioning the baby to be from the beginning. I was hoping that when we got the scan and everything, that it was a boy yeah. because it was going to be hard for me. I think, I don't know, and maybe it was it, but not to play it off, but just to now switch in my mind yeah. that it's a girl. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And we really didn't have we had a girl name, but it wasn't like a complete name that we really liked. We were still like working on the middle name. But for the boy, we had everything set and mm -hmm. it was great. And uh, so it was just in my mind, I was like, man, how am I going to like transition from, you know, thinking that the baby was a boy to now it being a girl? Like, how is that going to work? Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if that happened, it would have been fine anyway. You know, um, but we were very excited when, you know, we found out. I think for me, um, I think. At the stage of hearing that it was a boy, I think I felt more the fears and worries, I think, came a little later for yeah. me than initially. I think initially I felt um, more like I'm going to have almost like a mini me. 
Mm. Right. Like someone that I can share things with and someone that I can almost like what you said, like share similar interests with interest with and teach them things. And, you know, I started immediately thinking like what I did as a child with like Legos or building blocks and all those things, like how I really enjoyed that. Uh, even like, you know, video games, how that mm. to me when I was a kid, I played video games a lot. It kind of like faded off as I grew older. Um, but, you know, playing with your boys lately mm. as well has also been something that has been building that little bit of excitement. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be able to play this, mm -hmm. you know, with my boy. Um, but then obviously, like you said, the fears and worries are there. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, you are almost you're responsible, not almost you're responsible mm -hmm. for molding this child and yeah. creating this child a, you know, a heart for God. Right. A heart for people. Mm -hmm. um, you're instilling in them like how to treat people, how to treat girls and women. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's all of that that you're responsible for, yeah. you know, and have to like really cultivate that. And um, that's where it can be overwhelming. You know, mm -hmm. I think a big question that everyone is asking me now, um, you know, being that in just like five, six weeks, you know, maybe even before, like, we don't know. Right. The baby mm -hmm. will be here. Everyone's starting to ask you, like, are you nervous? Mm -hmm. Are the nerves settling in? And it's weird because I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not nervous. You know what I mean? Um, excited. It's excited. I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's not nerves that's there. I can't really describe it. Mm. Maybe a therapist would be able to no, do that. No, no, no. I think it's not nerves, what you mean. but it's yeah. like this almost like a, a weight, right? Mm -hmm. Of, you know, the responsibility mm -hmm. of what it is. So I'm not nervous about, you know, like, the, you know, am I going to be able to do this? Yeah. It's more of like, okay, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to make sure that they, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, even just the idea of like growing up in church as a Christian, like you worry, like, you know, I have to instill that within him from very young, yeah. you know, whether it is like how to pray and, and like Bible stories and, mm. and worship and music and all of those things like, you know, and luckily we have like a kid's ministry in our church and all of that. So like that will be a part of him as well, but it's just making sure again, uh, that all of that kind of comes natural. Right. Mm. And like, they're just, you know, uh, brought up in that. So it becomes easier as they grow to just, you know, fully like let that grow and flourish, but yeah. definitely more excited than nervous. And, um, you know, I think that again, I don't know. I feel like people expect the dad, right. First time dad to be a little more nervous mm -hmm. and maybe it's their underlying and it'll really emerge in a few weeks. Right. As the time gets closer. Cause I feel like as each week gets closer and as each week passes, um, it becomes more real. So yeah. like when we were putting his nursery together, that was like, whoa, when we had the baby shower, it was like, okay, this is happening. You know, when we had the the scans where it's like, okay, now you got to come every week, which is what it is now. It's almost like, okay, yeah, this is, this is getting, it's getting mm -hmm. real. It's happening, you know? But like I said, it's more excitement than nerves. Yeah. You know, and I think that it, I think that you specifically, I think that it helps when um, you grew up in a household. Your dad is great. You have an awesome relationship with your dad. Um, you still have a relationship that's awesome with your dad as well. Um, so, you know, you have a foundation that's really helpful mm -hmm. in that. And I think that not that that is the, the key. <laughs> to all of it but it definitely helps because you have someone to bounce on, bounce back to you have someone's um uh the way that they raised you to be like oh yeah that was really good he was always there you speak about the letters that your dad um mm -hmm. would do for you every school year like there's a lot of good things that you have to pick up on um that then you decide whether or not that stuff that you want to implement um for your child moving forward as well and i think that that's one of the biggest um things that i 
had to work through, which is the idea of I didn't come with as much tools into the picture. Uh, but there, there comes a point in the walk of parenthood uh, that you have to make the conscious decision to be like, you know what, I'm going to make decisions that are that I am trying my best or believe that is the best decisions for my kids. Yeah. And sometimes you have people that would disagree with you and be like, no, you know, don't do that way or don't do this. Or, you know, you have the people that are going to give you 43 different opinions on stuff mm -hmm. that are always going to be like on top of you. Um, but you have to take a stand and be like, I got it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work it out. Obviously, you know, always welcome to advice mm -hmm. from people that you want to, you know, take advice from. But there also comes a point where it's like, it's our kid. We're setting the rules. We're setting the boundaries. We're setting the parameters. And we, you have to trust, like you have to tell the public, you have to trust that we are going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, because a lot of times people just, you know, they, they, a lot of people do it with good heart, like trying to like jump in and trying to help and stuff like that. Um, but there's other times it was like, well, let us, let us go through the experience. Mm -hmm. Let us figure it out. Let us, you know, do what we got to do um, and make it work. And I think that that's part of the journey that's exciting. Um, which is that you will find yourself in moments and situations like nobody told me that something like this would happen or nobody said that this is how this was to feel like or this is what this is going to uh, sound like. But you navigate those moments and those experiences to the best of your ability. And then that's what strength is you as a dad. Yeah. Was there a moment where you were like extremely overwhelmed and feeling like you didn't know if you could do it? Um, No. I think that I think that there are moments that you do get overwhelmed. Yes. And I think that especially like the early stages when the kid doesn't sleep at night, mm. <laughs> those are the ones, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that get very um, it's very easy for you to get frustrated. Yeah. You know, you're sleep deprived. Your mm -hmm. wife is sleep deprived. The kid is sleep deprived. Uh, and I always say it that the baby stage is the cutest, mm -hmm. cutest stage is the stage I like the least mm -hmm. because of the fact that you can't communicate. Mm -hmm. and find out like what is it that are you gassy do you need to use the restroom <laughs> are you cold are uh -huh. you hot like there's no are you hungry like they can't communicate with you in words exactly what it is that mm -hmm. they need um so then you're like they're like trying everything in the world to figure right. it out to soothe them um so though the baby stage is cute it's my least favorite mm -hmm. part of the growing up stage uh, just because of that because you want to you want to be able to help your kid and you got to like go through all the emotions uh, all the emotions to figure out what the situation is um but obviously yeah you get overwhelmed and stuff mm -hmm. like that um but i think that i also entered fatherhood um with the understanding that i don't know everything mm -hmm. but i am excited to make it work because yeah. it was something that i was from before having kids, I was like, when I become a dad, I'm going to give it 100. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it 100 and I'm going to do the best that I can do to the best of my ability. So when the opportunity came up, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I'm ready to walk away or yeah. this is too much. I need to go do this. And I, no, it was kind of like, no, I'm going to dive in head first. Yes, there are times where sometimes you get uh, there's a term that's being used a lot lately, which is overstimulated. Mm -hmm. There are times you will get overstimulated. There's just too much going on or whatever. And you need to go use the bathroom for a good 10 minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you you need to for your yeah. own mental health. You do need to take little moments here and there. Um, and that's I think that's something that you have to be very conscious about. Or anybody, parent, mom, dad or whoever has to be conscious about is about vocalizing when you need a break. Mm -hmm. You need a moment. Like, you know, like uh, I've been all day with the kid and, you know, it's beautiful. I love my child, but I need five minutes. I need to go take a walk mm -hmm. because you need to, like, get your mind off. And Bluey, which is a, a, a cartoon for kids mm -hmm. um, that you're going to dive into once <laughs> the baby uh, starts watching cartoons or whatever, does has a great episode about that, mm -hmm. um, which is the mom needs five minutes. 
the kids don't understand what that means that the mom needs five minutes uh but as a parent watching the cartoon you're like i get her i get chili her <laughs> name is chili you're like i get chili she uh, she really needed those five minutes and the kids are like trying to knock on the door and the dad is trying to get them away from the door and all this stuff or whatever um but you know it's, it's about communicating and effective teamwork yeah in those moments so yeah answer the question did i get overwhelmed or something like that in essence of like the big like overwhelm no do you have moments of feeling overwhelmed yeah absolutely yeah and I love like everything that you were saying because and I've told you this before and we've talked about it but the idea that you know you don't have to necessarily grow up in a two-parent home or with great relationship with your parents or great parents in order for you to be a great parent yeah right and I think it's a choice that you have to make and the same thing can be applied to so many different things outside of parenting right you didn't see love growing up you didn't see a good example of what a marriage was you can make the choice right to say that's not going to be my story right and now you have to put in the work you have mm -hmm. to find the resources you may have to research you may have to ask people you may have to you know take that step and go out of what you do normally to find answers or find help but you have to be willing to do that in order to break that you know even if it's like that generational cycle right yeah. or breaking that pattern that seems to be you know within your family because i know of individuals right who um grew up with horrible parents and and mm. relationships with their parents and just unhealthy homes and it seems like they didn't learn from yeah. that experience and they just carry that on yeah. now with their children yeah. and it seems like it's a cycle right and um, with some of these individuals it really is sad and unfortunate when you see like i heard that's how you were raised and i heard mm. that's how you were brought up and you really didn't like it and you struggled and now you're doing that with your children so you have to make the decision to really stand up and say that's not going to happen with me right yeah. like that stops with me i'm breaking that but it takes more than just declaring it you may have to like i said do some research you may have yeah. to speak to someone you may need to get help in order to really ensure that that doesn't happen yeah. with your family because then i know of individuals who grew up in homes that were you know unstable inconsistent unhealthy and they made the decision that stops mm -hmm. here i'm yeah. not bringing this into my home right and then you have the other side where it's people who grew up in loving homes yeah. and for some reason they go left, they go left. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that you can never really assume just because someone grew up in a beautiful home that they're going to be that way. Yeah. Right. Or they saw a beautiful marriage that they're going to be that way when they're married. Right. It really is at the end of the day, a choice you have to make to either continue that and be better. Mm -hmm. Right. Or continue the unhealthy relationships and communication and forms of living that it's like that needs to break. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that actually, <clears throat> excuse me. He did a lot of talking. <clears throat> We're did, filming sorry. on a different day than normal, right? It's Sunday. And uh, mm -hmm. you just were talking for about yeah, an just, hour in Bible class. class. Yeah, so, so my voice is a little yeah. shot. Uh, but what I was going to say was that a lot of that actually starts before you have kids. Mm. Um, actually starts before you even get married. And, you know, understanding certain things about yourself, which is um, like things that you don't want to bring to certain chapters in your life. Um, and it's like, you know, for me, I've been praying about my kids before I even got married. Yeah. You know, that was something that was very like, I knew I was going to have kids. I knew I was going to have a family. Uh, but I also knew my life, my experience, what I came up with, which was like, all right, Lord, these are things that I don't want to be prevalent in my kid's life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to do those things. You have to do the legwork 
beforehand. Obviously, if you didn't think about it and then now this is the first time you're hearing it and you got a 12 year old, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can still do these things. You know, and I would do things like right now I looked it up in my email when we decided on the name of our first kid. Um, whose name means for God is gracious and has shown favor um, on my desk at work. I had written his name and I put all the attributes or the characteristics I wanted uh, for my son to have when he grew up. Uh, so I had put obviously handsome like his dad and stuff, <laughs> uh, talented man of God, humble, courageous, caring, funny, responsible, responsible, respectful, outspoken, dedicated, hard worker, anointed servant, sensitive to the voice of God, leader, smart, sweet. Like all these, mm-hmm. these attributes are around his name. And these are the things that I would pray for, for my kid, uh, before he was even born, which is like, Lord, these are the, help him be like this, help him, you know, have these characteristics, help him be, you know, and then, but it's also my responsibility as the dad who has declared these things over his life to make sure that I help him in those areas. You know what I mean? And help, help cultivate those things. You want him to be sweet. So then you have to demonstrate sweetness. You want him to be strong and courageous. You have to demonstrate what it looks like to be strong and courageous as well. And I think like, these are the things that you do as a parent um, and also someone who is a servant of God, who believes in declaration and the power of your Mm -hmm. your tongue, which is to speak these things over your kids, over your child's life, and also make sure they put them into action. It was funny because I haven't looked at this list um, since after he was born. <laughs> it's been almost seven years. Uh, but I had it in my email. Uh, and it's really funny to like look at it now and be like, oh, okay, I see those things yeah. in him. I see him being funny. He's very respectful. He can be outspoken. You know, I, I see all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a servant. He loves to help as well. Sweet. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think it's cool to then have moments like this and then look back and be like, oh, snap. Like, yeah, you know, he has it. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that as the time gets closer, right? Because you pray, you know, like I've prayed, you know, over this child and and everything and just, you know, like you said, praying like good things and wanting and trusting Mm. God, like, you know. uh, But I think my pessimist side, Mm. right, at times would be the individual like that's, I'm praying like, Lord, when he goes through moments where he's doubting you. Like, I'm I'm going that path too. Like, you know, when someone really upsets him and, you know, hurts him and whatever, like allow him to really cling to you and allow him to really, you know, and it's funny because I look at even just situations in the last year, let's say that I've been through. Right. Um, and as they like, you know, little things in life continue, right. Mm. When something comes up unexpectedly, like a car issue and you have to pay all this money to fix something in your car and you may not necessarily have it, or you may not necessarily have it all, or you were saving that money for something else and it can get frustrating. It's like immediately I'm like, Lord, allow baby boy, right. When he is Mm -hmm. going through a time where something comes out of left field and he's frustrated and it, you know, really discourages him, Mm. allow him to find like refuge in you and allow him to find encouragement in someone, even if it's me and someone else, right. Where, um, it's like, as little things happen, you know, if I'm extremely overwhelmed with just all these different things, right. Um, it's like, Lord, when he gets overwhelmed, really be that right. So it's just funny because I look at it like I'm going through these things or these are things I experience on a daily. And it's like you are bringing someone else into the world that's going to be experiencing frustration Mm -hmm. and discouragement and sadness and betrayal and all of these things. And as much as you want to protect and as much as you want to put them in a bubble and protect them and keep them safe from people and situations and heartbreak and all these different things, you know, 
they are going to go through it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, you know, the my prayer is that when they travel through those moments and when they go through those moments that they remember who God is, yeah. right? And they remember, you know, who God created them to be and they have that to always lean on where, mm-hmm. you know, even looking at me as that example, you mm-hmm. know, I oftentimes think of my dad when he was in ministry, right? Or he still is in ministry, but as I was growing up and the hardships and different things that he went through, right? Um, how he never gave up. Yeah. So it's almost like for me, there are moments where I go back to that and I'm like, you know, this is something my dad went through. This is very similar to this. And he's an example of not giving up, you know, how then my son would look at that. Right. Mm -hmm. And be like, you know, I have to be like him. I can't give up. Right. And allowing myself to be that example for him. And that's one of the things where I think it can also be challenging the level of accountability children bring you. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, you can't be telling them to be respectful to people. And then every five minutes you're talking about somebody and telling them off and, yeah. you know, uh, venting and complaining about how they are and how messed up they are and all this stuff, because I, your child will be like, you know, that's not nice. You shouldn't yeah. say things like that. They'll check or, you real quick. Well, yeah. And it's like, I want to be the example. If I'm saying something, let them hear that that in my everyday speech let them see me right if i'm telling them they have to pray it's like you know may they see me do that right Mm -hmm. may i model that for them and i think at times that can be the challenge where it's like you have this new level of accountability where it's like there are not only there are people watching you Mm -hmm. you have your mini you right yeah no someone that came from you watching you right and they are looking at you and you are that example of who jesus is who god is what love is what peace is what trust is what having faith is right so i just think about that where now i can be in the car frustrated at something and you know calling out to god and telling god something i may not be you know be able to do that in front of my kid and be like lord (laughs) where are you i thought you were right (laughs) imagine we all have those moments hitting the steering wheel you know or whatever but it's like you may not be able to do that in that way Mm. right so it's like a new level of accountability where at the same time i think that also teaches you Mm. right how to tap into other sources when you are frustrated yeah you know it's like no i really do need to trust god no absolutely and i think that you know as your kid gets older you'll also find that your prayers change for them like the things that you you know want would change for them because um no matter how much you want your kid to be a certain type of way, they're their own personality. Yeah. They're their own individual person. Um, and with that comes many great attributes, but also comes the flaws that come with humanness mm-hmm. um, as well. And, you know, you are never as prepared as you feel like you should be <laughs> yeah. for any stage in parenthood. Um, but your job is just to be present. Mm-hmm. So when this, the shift change, uh, when there's changes that happen, uh, when there's new obstacles that they encounter, you know, one of the things that I wish I could be, you know, you can't be present with your kid everywhere. You know, they go to schools, they go to after schools or they go to programs and stuff like that or whatever. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things that I, I, I talk to my kid every day. They tell me about their day know what they did in the morning i I get all the details i got all the scoop i know who's doing what in school and all that stuff or whatever uh but a lot of it really is because i'm just trying to understand how he's navigating in these social circles Mm -hmm. um because i find that to be important you know is your kid the kid that is always playing alone Mm -hmm. is your kid the kid who um is always following groups of people but they're not they're never being called to those groups. You know, is your kid the class clown? Is your kid or whatever? You know, you really have, you can't be in class to, under, to know what's happening unless the teacher is writing you notes. Like, hey, your kid is a talkative one. Yeah. Or whatever. And you, um, you get an idea of what personality type or what role your kid plays in these environments by asking them 
those questions mm-hmm. by asking them what are they doing what are they playing who are their go-to people and all that other stuff um and then you little by little you'll pick up on things on you know little frustrations that they have um things that they don't like that happen in school and you know those are things that you start adding to your list of okay i gotta pray for this i gotta pray for that or whatever um and then you also have to converse with them and be like hey bubby you have to you have to be a little bit stronger in that area if somebody does something you don't like use your strong voice or you know mm-hmm. do this or that um it gets it gets very like challenging because i yeah. think as a kid who grew up in the hood um with the mom that i had mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm ready to go up in that school and start like <laughs> kicking people <laughs> you know, I but, know. <clears throat> but you can't you know you can't and you yeah. have to teach them to fend for themselves yeah as well so you know it's i think that it's it's just fun mm-hmm. it's it's very stressful um you know your your safety of your kid is number one priority yeah. uh you know at first they're you know, it's funny because I heard somebody uh, refer to babies or like toddlers as a human you're trying to take care of that's trying constantly trying to kill themselves. <laughs> you know, they're like jumping off of stuff. Right. They're like jumping in front of things. And it's oh like, you're my like, gosh. you know, then there comes a point where they, they, they understand danger mm-hmm. a little bit better. Uh, but then now you're like pr- trying to protect them from the dangers of the world. Yeah. Uh, which then those are other tough conversations and mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, like with each age or each um, uh group you know when they go from like babies to toddlers to you know a uh, school age kids or whatever they come new challenges Mm -hmm. um you just gotta tackle them one by one yeah you know because i think the idea of parenthood or fatherhood is a conversation that we could do a series on for six months Mm -hmm. because there's so much things that you can talk about specifically uh Mm -hmm. for each thing i think that on the early stages when it comes to like being a new you know a newborn's dad you know it's really about just being present taking advantage of the moments uh you know checking in with your wife making sure that you guys are working as a team um you know just the, taking care taking advantage of all the, like the little precious moments because you blink and they're talking mm-hmm. they're walking they're jumping they're you know with friends have you ever heard of that expression i think it's uh the days are long but the years are short uh yes and it's true or I don't know if it's that the days are slow and the years are fast, something like that. Whatever but it basic, is, it's true. Right. The idea that the days feel like forever, yeah. right? Yeah, Especially yeah. when you're in it, whether it's a newborn stage or the toddler yeah. stage. You know, I told somebody the other day, I was like, like I'm really excited for the stage when they're like a toddler, like two, mm-hmm. you know, because like they're able to stand, they're able to run a little bit, they're able to like, you know, mm-hmm. they're a little bigger. And that person looked at me like a toddler, really? The terrible mm-hmm. twos, like yeah. you're excited for that. But I don't know, it was just something that I, I look forward to like that age yeah. They're a little bit bigger. They can sit up on their own. It's they can what, stand. They fun. can like, you know, all fun. of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that those days, right, when maybe mm-hmm. they're in that stage where they're exploring and moving and going and doing all, you know, crawling everywhere, jumping off of things, whatever, the days could feel very long, yeah. right? But then in yeah, essence, yeah. when you look back and you realize your kid's about to graduate high school, mm-hmm. right, or your kid is, you know, going to college and all of that, I think that's <clears> where you feel like, oh, snap, time really did go by fast. Yeah, and I think that those are one of the things that me and my wife are very conscious of, you know, because you go from a stage where your kids don't talk and then you're like, oh, I can't wait for them to talk. I want to hear their voice. I want to whatever. And then they start talking and they never stop, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's something that I'm always very conscious of, you know, which is like, especially my oldest, he likes to talk. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. He likes to break down stuff. And I think that humanly, you kind of get frustrated sometimes where you're kind of like, all right, child, that's enough. We've been talking about the subject for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, But then I remember 
like I go back to me as a kid not having someone to talk to mm-hmm. and that and then that's why I'm like all right it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. just keep talking to him keep talking to him keep being someone who you can bounce off of because as they get older they may find other people to talk to and they no longer want to talk to mm-hmm. you right or they may you know you get frustrated one time and you're like yeah whatever that marks them they're never coming back to talk to you ever again you know so as a parent you have to be conscious of those little things where sometimes he's been talking about roblox and all these characters for 45 minutes and talking to you about this or he's talking about you his his new interest like he went through this moment uh, where sharks were his thing and he's talking about all the different (laughs) type of sharks and about shark teeth and all this stuff you have to engage in those moments It's very important because yeah. you want to establish that relationship where your kids can come to you mm-hmm. for anything. And no matter if you're frustrated, no matter if you're in the middle of something, sometimes you have to be like, hey, Bobby, we're going to give me five minutes and then mm-hmm. we'll come back. Make sure you go back. And you're like, okay, what were you telling me about the sharks mm-hmm. or about the this or whatever? You know, because it is easy to get frustrated because you're not only taking care of that kid. You know, you take care of that kid and you're cooking or you're cleaning or you have work or you have this or you have that. Yeah. Um, so it, there's a lot of things that you have to be conscious about that sometimes it's very easy for you to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, 20 years, you know, five years from now, you're wondering, why doesn't my kid talk to me about his interests? Well, it goes back to that time when he was seven mm-hmm. and you told him to stop talking. He talks too much. Yeah. You know, you can't do those things. Have you ever had a moment we had to apologize to one of them? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I hear this often where it's like, you know, parents should never apologize to their kids. Never be, you know, whatever. But then there are those that are like, we'll apologize. Like, I remember, like, my dad and my mom, like, Mm. you know, saying sorry over certain things. If, you know, they were frustrated or going through something and they came off a certain way or did something or misunderstood what I was saying and and the scenario and the story, right? Mm. And it's funny, but I never took it as, yes, I won. And I beat them. Like, that, like, negative attitude, it was more like, wow, like, they actually... Yeah, yeah, there have been times where I've uh, maybe assumed the situation. <clears throat> sorry. It's, it almost sounded like I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> We're tapping into some, you know, no, emotions. Um, no, no, no. They're, like where I've assumed something. Like maybe him yeah. and his brother are like playing and then I'm assuming he's the one that's, you know, antagonizing the other. Yeah. Or, you know, like I... Unfortunately, one of my character flaws is that sometimes I just like say stuff without thinking or like mm-hmm. getting everything, you know, so there's been times where I've like assumed something and then he's like, nope, that that's not what it was. It was something else or whatever. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's my fault. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have said that or whatever. Or sometimes we're like, we're like roughhousing and we're like playing and we're like wrestling. Yeah. And I'm like throwing him against uh-huh. a, uh, we have the nugget and like the <laughs> nugget and then throw him a little too hard and he lands on uh-huh. his knee. Then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Come uh-huh. here. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, tough it up. That's yeah, good for yeah. you. You know, they yeah. have moments that you, yeah. and I think you will have moments as you get older where, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you think, you you know, a lot of times, nine times out of 10, you know better. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, you are 100% right. But there is that one chance that will happen where you either assume something or you said something in frustration or you didn't even let them finish explaining what it was that they were explaining and you just like jumped to something. And it's kind of like you have to take a moment and be like, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I think, um, you know, I think a lot of, uh, parenting styles today there's so many different types and so many different views on parenting that you can literally like you said do a you know six month series but there are podcasts that are simply on just parenting right and um you know i think that i love like researching and seeing what other people are doing and tapping into like what my parents did and like you know raising me and my brother um but like you said i think at the end of the day this is a journey you have to go on right it's a journey that will be unique to you and your situation and you know how you and your wife have decided or you and your husband have decided to raise your kid you Mm -hmm. know and um like i said it's very exciting i'm looking forward to it so much and um 
one thing that I do, you know, I hear this a lot and I see it a lot, right? And we've spoken about it before, is the idea of the importance of fatherhood, right? Mm -hmm. And the, I don't want to say lack, but I guess you can say the, um, the differences, right? Where I feel like there are so many, let's say, resources on motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. How to be a mom or like mom speaking about raising kids and all of that. And, you know, even within the Christian community, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of that. When you go to kind of research about fatherhood and fathers, it's way less, yeah. right? Or the resources are like, women talking about the importance of fathers and like within research and studies that they've done. Right. So I think it's super important that, and my prayer is that, you know, there would be more, I guess, fathers that, Mm -hmm. you know, are willing to speak out and encourage other fathers and, you know, are doing it the right way and have learned from their mistakes and are willing to talk about it and share about it. Cause I really do think that we need fathers, right? Yeah, and we need present fathers and we need fathers who are willing to be there for their children, communicate with them, you know, be strong for their children, be emotional with them, right? Teach them. And I think that, yes, there are mothers out there and single moms that are killing it mm-hmm. and crushing it and doing, you know, the job of both. And God has blessed them with that ability and that grace and, and just job to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. But I do think if there is a pros- father present that father needs to step up right even in a christian household right the mom should not be the only one in my opinion right doing all the work as far as raising the kid to Mm -hmm. be god-fearing and loving god and coming to church and what worship is what prayer is the dad should also be doing that as well right so my prayer is that you know as just the years keep going right that through the means of technology, social media, because that's really what it comes through, right? Mm-hmm. That we would see just more fathers step up, right? And be willing to speak about it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of it too, isn't that there aren't good fathers out there. I think that there just aren't fathers who I guess are comfortable enough or secure enough to actually talk about it, yeah. right? So let me tell you about a time I messed up and failed in parenting and how I fixed it or what mm-hmm. I did. Or let me tell you about like, you know, the great things about being a dad, yeah. right? Where it's like, you know, a lot of times it's easier like I said, for you to find about, you know, mothering and how to be a mother and tips and mm. all these things. When it comes to fatherhood, the resources are so scarce. Yeah. And I also think that they're not being asked the questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's very easy um, to, you know, set up a, a core group or it's very easy to set up a conference or whatever. And it'd be women and moms and yeah. everybody sharing their things. But no one's creating a space for dads to talk about their experience as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they're there. You know, I think statistically you could say that there are more, you know, moms than dads that are present in, yeah. you know, childbearing, um, rearing and all that other stuff. Uh, but, you know, we also have dads that they're just not given that platform. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it'll be kind of weird for me to just go live on like Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to give you three tips. You know, some people do it. Yeah. You have the, the pages that do it. In a, in, but I think that usually characteristically men would be like, well, if you ask me, I'll tell you. But right. Maybe you don't ask and me, also don't. not just through technology or social <laughs> media, but also just, you know, having conversations with people. Like yeah. you said, sometimes we wait for people to ask us. Mm. It's like, how about you just step up and do it right. Mm. Um, and, and initiate that conversation and, and talk to them about it, you know? And I think that the more it's like anything, the more you feel like you have community, the more you feel like you have people that understand and that can yeah. relate and that have been through it and that have gone through it and can talk to you about it. Do this, do that. I wouldn't do that. I went through something similar and this happened, right? Just that encouragement sometimes is very important. Right. Mm. And, um, like you said, I think it's something that, um, 
you know, statistically, it, it doesn't work for us all the time, mm. right? But I think that that, you know, it's not an excuse, right? No. No, and no. Um, there are podcasts out there. There are organizations and people and dads and fatherhood and community groups, I'm sure, that are out there, yeah. right? Um, we just, I think, need to see it more, yeah, right? Absolutely. Especially in, like, our Hispanic Latino community. I think it's important, too, that we uh, see that, yeah. right? You know, listen, like we said before, there's a conversation that can go on for episodes and episodes yeah um and i'm sure we'll be having another episode talking about something yep. fatherhood related as well um uh, but at the end of the day as always our objective is to just get the conversation going get the conversation started uh so if you're a spouse um who just wants to have the conversation with your husband throw on this podcast if you're a kid yeah. that wants to have a conversation with your dad throw on this podcast or if you're someone um who is planning on having kids mm-hmm. you know these are little things that you guys should be talking about should be praying about should be doing um in order to like set yourself up for success because there yeah. will be struggles there will be moments of frustration uh but the importance really is just getting through all of that to enjoy all the good stuff absolutely awesome yeah. Thank you for no, all the well, tips. I gave like two. I gave like two tips. No. <laughs> and uh, we hope that you were encouraged and blessed by today's conversation. You know, in a few weeks, Mother's Day is coming up. And then um, in June, it'll be Father's Day. Very so true. there's a lot of exciting things coming up. And, uh, you know, we hope that you just come back week after week to check out what we have to share, what we have to talk about. And definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. You can check us out on YouTube as well and check out our visuals there. God Life Culture Podcast podcast subscribe so you can get notified every time we drop a new episode and you can start your week with us your morning go home with us right however you listen um you can definitely be a part of what we are doing here yeah absolutely so thank you once again for tuning into the latest episode of the god life culture podcast that's god God life Life culture Culture. until next time see ya bye